publicly thank Clay, amen, for the last five weeks. He's done an incredible job. Amen. Thank you, man. Next Sunday, uh, Braden and Casey will be here, and uh, he will be leading worship, and uh, it'll be different. They uh, uh, are different. They're different people. They're supposed to be, because uh, if they're supposed to be, be the same, then uh, the Lord would have left uh, Carl and Amy in place. But I just want you to open your hearts to uh, Braden and Casey. Uh, they've already proven themselves. They've had, uh, I think, him about seven years of uh, full-time ministry, and they've been married about five years, have a proven ministry. Uh, where they're at, the people are crying and complaining that they're leaving. That's a good sign for us. Amen? And uh, so I just want you just to open your arms to them and, to re- and receive them and uh, make sure there's room in your heart to receive them because they're going to be an incredible blessing to us in the years ahead. Well, get your Bible and stand with me this morning for the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of St. Mark, chapter number 2. The book of St. Mark, chapter number 2. And we're going to be reading verses 13 and 14. Saint chapter number 2 this morning, reading verses 13 and 14. Speaking about Jesus here, it says, Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the uh, tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. He said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. This morning I want to talk to you about characteristics of a good follower. Uh, Characteristics of a good follower. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Father, we just ask today, Father, your anointing, Lord, would rest upon us today. Lord, your anointing would rest upon the message, and Lord, the, mes- uh, the message and the messenger as well today. Give us ears to hear the word, and Father, may we, Lord, go out and do the word of the Lord as well. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, there are literally hundreds of books on the subject of leadership. Uh, It's a hot topic today, has been for a long, long time. And everywhere that you turn, you hear people talking about leadership. And I want to admit this morning that leadership is a very, very important subject, but so is followership. You see, not everybody is a leader, but everybody is a follower. Even leaders are followers. Now, Because of my position, I am the leader of this church, but I am also a follower. I serve on a ministry board where I am not the leader of the board, only a follower. I am an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. I am not the leader of the Assemblies of God ministers. Dr. George Wood is our leader for the national office, and Rick Dubos is our leader for the district, and Gerald Patterson is our leader for the section. I am a follower of all three of these men. Thus, I am a leader in some circles, and I am a follower in others. And most of all, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, nearly everyone in this room today is both a leader and a follower. Pastor Steve is the leader of our youth ministry, but he is a follower under me. Pastor Pam is the leader of our children's ministry, but she's a follower under my leadership. You might be the leader of your home, but you may be a follower at work or at church. And every saint is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So just as important as becoming a good leader is, we should also strive to become good followers. So today I want to give you six characteristics of a good follower. First of all, this morning I believe that a good follower loves their leader. Loves their leader. I I personally believe that it is virtually impossible to be a good follower if you do not possess a genuine love for the leader. Now you might be able to pull it off for a while, but when the going gets tough or when he does uh, ask something of you that is very difficult or when he does or says something that you don't totally agree with uh, without a genuine love for that leader, you're going to bail or you're going to rebel. And even with Christ, people who only have some kind of an emotional experience, if that's all that you have, if all you have ever had was just some emotional experience one time without a deep, genuine love for Christ, you're not going to make it as a child of God. You're not going to make it as a Christian. People who follow Jesus for the right reason follow Him. They not out of fear. We're not following Christ today out of fear. Yes, we have a fear of God. Yes, we have a holy reverence of God. But that's not why we're following Him this morning. We're not following Him out of some kind of obligation. We're not following Him just to escape hell. We're not following Him just so that we have an opportunity to go to heaven when we die. Friend, the only people who make it as Christians for the long haul are those who have a genuine love for God. So if you're going to be a good follower, whether you're following Christ, whether you're following your pastor, whether you are following uh, 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 whoever it is that you may be a follower under, uh, 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 a good characteristic is you must have a genuine, uh, amen, a genuine love for that leader. You say, Pastor, how can you tell if a person possesses genuine love? Well, I believe that true love will meet the following criteria. First of all, I believe true love is unconditional. True love is unconditional. My wife doesn't have to do anything for me to love her. My love for her is not determined on how she looks or what she does or what she doesn't do. I love her unconditionally. Now, now, now my hormones can be affected by how she looks. And my emotions can be affected by what she does or what she doesn't do or what she says or how she says it. (laughs) But I settled the love issue a long, 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 long time ago. My love for her, amen, is not based on how she looks or what she does or what she says or doesn't say. Amen, I've already drawn the line in the sand. That love issue is already settled. I love her with an unconditional love. Genuine love doesn't put someone in a box or demand that they act or perform a certain way. 
Genuine love doesn't demand that a person think exactly like you think on every situ- in every situation and in every area. Genuine love allows for differences of opinions uh, uh, and differences of preference. To be a good follower, we must love one our leader unconditionally. How can you tell if a person possesses genuine love? True love is unconditional, number one. Number two, it's unmistakable. You don't have to wonder about genuine love. Genuine love gets expressed. It gets expressed in words and it gets expressed in deeds. A man and his wife were quarreling and she said to her husband, she said, you never ever tell me that you love me. He said, wife, I mean, no, that's not a good start right there. (laughs) She said, you never ever ever tell me that you love me. He said, wife, I told you that I loved you on our wedding day 30 years ago. If I ever change my mind, you'll be the first to know. (laughs) Hey, Bubba, that won't get it. Genuine love is unmistakable. Amen. You don't have to wonder about it. It's going to be clear. It's going to be visible. It's going to be obvious. It will be expressed through words and through deeds. How can you tell if a person has genuine love? It will be unconditional, number one. Number two, it will be unmistakable. Number three, it will be unselfish. Genuine, true love is unselfish. Genuine love is not possessive. Genuine love doesn't smother. My wife and I, we love each other very, very much. We love spending time with each other. But we don't have to be with each other 24-7, amen, to to, to love each other. We We don't have to follow each other around and be with each other. We give each other some latitude. We give each other some time. We give each other some space. If she wants to go out and hang out with her girlfriends, it's all right with me. She doesn't have to call and beg and plead. We settled that issue years ago. If she wants some time with her girlfriends, she can have time with her girlfriends. If I want to hang out with the fellas, Amen. I don't have to call her and beg her and ask her and plead her. Yes, I call her out of courtesy and I let her know what I'm doing and ask if this would uh, interfere with any plans that she might have that I'm I'm unaware of. But true love doesn't smother. Amen. True love gives some latitude. Amen. Genuine love doesn't require constant attention. Genuine love is willing to share. Let's see what genuine love really is all about. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. Now understand this is that agape, that God kind and quality of love. This love that it is describing is perfect love. Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. He said, though I give the gift of, have the gift of prophecy, I can understand all mysteries and have all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but if I don't have love, he said, I'm nothing. He said, and though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. Then he gives us a description of what true, genuine, agape, God kind and God quality of love, what it does and what it does not do. He says, first of all, it suffers long. And he said, it's kind. It doesn't envy doesn't parade itself, not puffed up, doesn't behave rudely, doesn't seek its own, not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. 
It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. That God kind and quality of love never fails. Well, there's prophecy, they'll fail. Where there's tongues, they will cease. There's knowledge, it will vanish away. Right now we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, understood like a child, thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, he said, we see in a mirror dimly, but then we're going to see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And he said, right now, by its faith, hope, and love, these three, he said, but the greatest of these is love. We're talking about characteristics of a good follower this morning. Number one, a good follower loves their leader. Number two, a good follower will be loyal To their leader. Not only will they love their leader, but they will be loyal. A good follower is loyal. Good followers don't listen to gossip about their leader. My wife has an aunt who is the wife of a deacon. One night after church, a lady in the church asked if she could have a ride home. And my wife's aunt said, sure, I'd be happy to to take you home. So they got in my wife's aunt's car, and on the way to her, taking her home, the lady began to pound on the pastor, criticizing him for this and that and something else. Well, my wife's aunt pulled the car over onto the side of the road. And she stopped, and she said to this lady, she said, Look, she said, I'm the president of our pastor's fan club. And I won't listen to gossip about him. And so she said to her, she said, you've got two choices right here. She said, number one, you can either stop this gossip, and if you stop gossiping about the pastor, I will take you home. Or, she said, you can get out and walk. Because I'm president of Pastor's Fan Club and I I just refuse to listen to anybody gossip about my pastor. And so if you don't stop gossiping about the pastor, you're going to be walking home. Good followers are loyal to their leader. Now that doesn't mean that they are yes men. It doesn't mean that they always agree 100% with their leader. It simply means they're loyal to him. If they have a question about something that he said or they have something that they disagree with him about, they take it to him. They take it to him in private. They don't discuss it with everybody else or they don't bring it up in the foyer. Amen. So everybody can hear. Amen. What they're disgruntled about. No, they take it to him personally. They take it to him in private. Oh, and they are kind and they are non-threatening in their approach. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, always be humble and gentle. How many times? Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And verse 15 says to speak the truth in love. Well, pastor, I'm just telling the truth. I'm just speaking the truth. Well, where's the love? 
I'm giving you six characteristics this morning of a good follower. Good followers love their leader. Good followers are loyal to their leader. And good followers, number three this morning, they listen to their leader. Good followers listen to their leader. In John chapter 6, in John chapter 6, many of the Lord's followers stopped following him because uh, they were following him for the wrong reasons. And many stopped following the Lord there. Let's, let's look at John chapter 6 this morning. Verses, let's just read verses 66 through uh, 68. And it says, From that time, Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Talking about Jesus. They, they turned their back on the Lord. They stopped following him. They didn't follow him anymore. Many of them, the Bible said. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Here's this stream of people. Here's this herd of people that are leaving Christ. And Jesus points to his disciples and he points to those that are leaving. And he says to them, are you going to go with them? Are you going to walk away too? Are you going to leave me too? Are you going to desert me too? Are you also going to go away? But Simon Peter, the sanguine, he always has something to say. But he did good this time. But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, of whom shall we go? Lord, if we leave you, who in the world are we going to go to? He said, because you have the words of eternal life. Jesus said, hey guys, look at all these people that are leaving me. Are you going to go with them? Are you too going to leave? Are you too going to forsake me? Are you too going to go away? But Peter said, Lord, where in the world, who in the world are we going to go to? Who will we follow if we don't follow you? And besides all of that, Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. Now how did Peter know that Jesus had the words of eternal life? Because he had been listening. He didn't just show up for the bread and the fish like a lot of people did. He wasn't just in awe of the miracle worker as many were. He didn't just come to the meetings in order to be able to hang out with his friends. No, he actually listened. Wow. Hey, you're already here this morning. You already had to get up. You already had to clean up this morning. Amen. You already had to get out of bed. You're already here. You might as well take advantage of being here this morning. You might as well open your ears and listen. Listen to me this morning, followers. If you will listen, I will teach you some things. If you will listen, I will teach you some things. Somebody told me last week, they said, Pastor, I have learned more from you in the past seven years than I have learned in my entire Christian experience of over 20 years. I don't say that this morning to brag. I say that simply to reiterate what I said. If you will listen, I will teach you some things. Pastor Carl, of course, is in... His own church in Fort Worth. He's a pastor there now. A couple of the families of New Bethel have 
have visited him already. And Pastor Carl was in my office last week and he said, Pastor, he said, you know, he said, you know, he said, you know, our personalities are just like, you know, you know, daylight and dark. We are so much different in our presentation and, and you know, in our, in our demeanor and in our personalities and all of those things that, you know, all of that. But he said, I want to tell you something that's funny, Pastor. I said, what's that? He told me certain, certain person from New Bethel was in church last Sunday and said they closed their eyes and they said while they closed their, if they didn't see me up there and didn't watch how I was preaching and, 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 and how I was preaching, but what I was preaching, they said, that's Pastor Benson. Said the phrases that I was using, some of the descriptions that I was using, the, what, the, the content of what I was preaching. They said, I closed their eyes and they said, it's just like I'm at New Bethel today. That's Pastor Benson. He's preaching like Pastor Benson. And who in the world would think Carl would pa- preach like Pastor Benson? Well, I'm sure he's standing very still and I'm sure he's very calm and Good followers, listen to their leaders. And if you will listen, I will teach you some things. I will teach you how to be a good spouse. I'll teach you how to be a good parent. I'll teach you how to handle your money. Why do you talk about money so much, Pastor? Because you're so lousy with it. Amen? Amen? Dave Ramsey's a multi-millionaire today, just telling you, you know, the same thing Grandma told you, only he keeps his teeth in, he says. <laughs> Nobody's mad at Dave Ramsey for talking about money, and he talks about money three hours every single day when he turns on the radio, that's all he talks about. And he has a conference, and it's five hours, and it's nothing about but money, 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 money. And there's thousands of people there, but don't let the preacher say anything about it. Well, I just happened to have read the book. And Jesus said more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. Amen. And most people are pretty lousy with their money. And and, and most of the divorces uh, that are happening in America today are happening because of money issues. Amen. I think we need the man of God to talk to us more about money. If you'll listen, I'll teach you. How to handle your money. I'll teach you how to have a consistent prayer life. I'll teach you how to make good, wise uh, decisions. I'll teach you how to be a good employer. I'll teach you how to be a good employee. I'll even teach you how to be a good follower if you'll listen. Peter was a good follower because he listened to his leader. He said to Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. How did he know this? He had been listening. Let's notice another characteristic of a good follower. Number four, a good follower learns from their leader. They don't just listen, they learn. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Good followers learn from their leader. 
True followers become like their leader. Somebody said the highest form of flattery is imitation. The highest form of flattery is imitation. My son has a true disciple. I know he has more, but I'm thinking about one in particular right now. Four years ago, when my son first arrived in Burleson, he met this man and his wife for the very first time. This man didn't look a thing like Chad, didn't act like Chad, wasn't like Chad in any way, shape, or form. Today, four years later, this man dresses like my son. He combs his hair like my son. He talks like my son. He thinks like my son. He acts like my son. True followers learn from their leader. They become like their leader. This past week, uh, uh, Tim Blackwood called me and said, Pastor, can I come and talk to you? I said, sure, Tim. Tim Blackwood came into my office and he sat down and we talked a little bit because we're friends, we're buds. And he said, Pastor, I can't delay this any longer. I got to tell you. He said, me and Angela said, uh, we're going to, we're going to leave New Bethel and we're going to go over to Destiny Church with Pastor Carl and Amy. Okay. He said, uh, Pastor, it's your fault. I thought, my fault. Now, we're friends, man. What? You know, I mean, they're not you, Tim. What, what, what do you? He, he, he said, it's your fault. I said, okay, Tim, tell me how it's my fault. He said, Pastor, you have a love and a compassion for churches. You're always, always helping other churches. And he said, we've captured your heart. We've captured your heart. He said, Pastor, he said, he said, he said, I want you to think of it like this. He says, you are the, tr- you are the trunk of a tree. Big tree or little tree, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, you're the trunk of a tree. He said, Chad and Amber and Lifegate and Burleson, they, their branches off of your tree. He said, Krista and Sean and Relevant Church, uh, they are branches off of your tree. He said, he said Harvest Time Church in, in Midland, they're a branch off of your tree. And he said, now, now he, he said that Pastor Carl and, and, and his Destiny Church in Fort Worth, it is a branch off of your tree. And we're going, not because we don't love you, but we do love you. Not because we're upset. We're not upset. We love our church. We love New Bethel, but we have captured your heart. We have captured your heart. And we have a burden to go and help them. They're struggling. They're small. They need workers. They need finance. They need help. And so we're going over and helping them. But it's because of you, we've got your heart now. How do you argue with that? Good followers learn from their leader. Good followers become like their leader. Romans 8 and 29 tells us that we are to become like Christ. 
Good followers capture the heart of their leader. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, where Jesus told his followers, learn from me. What did Jesus want them to learn? In this particular setting, he mentioned four things. Number one, my yoke, he said. My yoke, what is he talking about? A yoke was the particular teaching of a Jewish rabbi. When they talked about a yoke, they were talking about a particular teaching of a Jewish rabbi. Jesus said, learn my yoke or learn my teaching. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said it over and over. He said, you have heard, but he said, I say. You have heard, but I say. It has been said, but this is what I say. Jesus was saying, learn my yoke or learn my teaching. Amen. Learn what I am teaching and training. And then Jesus said, learn gentleness. I am gentle, Jesus said. Notice that it didn't say he was weak, but he was gentle. A gentle horse is not weak. Gentleness is power under control. Learn gentleness. Be powerful, but have that power under control. Learn humility, Jesus said. I am lowly in heart. Learn how to rest. You will find rest for your souls. We're talking about Characteristics of a good follower this morning. I'm giving six of them to you. A good follower loves their leader, loyal to their leader, listens to their leader, learns from their leader. And number five this morning, a good follower lightens their leader's load. A good follower will lighten their leader's load. I'll never forget a phone call that I received about two weeks after I had resigned my church in Midland. My son had been, been elected as the senior pastor there. He had been my youth and worship pastor for the past five of the ten years that I was there. For that past five years, he would, had, be, had been uh, uh, my staff member. And then he became the senior pastor there. My wife and I, we were traveling. We were out preaching revivals and holding crusades and different things. And I don't remember exactly where we were, but we were out somewhere traveling, holding a meeting. And, and, uh, and my cell phone rang, and it was my son. Now, it was the first of many, many, many calls that I would receive from him the first year or two of his pastorate there. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Dad, he said, I've called to apologize to you. And I said to him, Son, what in the world would you have to apologize to me about? He said, Dad, I want to apologize to you. I'm sorry, Dad. He said, I had absolutely no idea how heavy of a load that a senior pastor carried until I became the senior pastor. He said, Dad, now that I know the load that you carried for 10 years, and now I know the load that you carried when I was your associate for five years, Dad, I could have been a whole lot better staff member to you. If only I knew the load that you carried, I could have helped you a, a lot more. Dad, I'm sorry that, you know, it was always about me and my youth ministry and what I wanted to do and what I wanted in the church and all of that, and I didn't do very much to help you, Dad, and I'm sorry I could have helped you carry the load. I said, son, you have absolutely nothing to apologize for. I said, son, you were very, very, very young. You did a great job. I'd hire you back in a heartbeat if the opportunity ever presented itself. You have nothing to apologize about. Let me give you this morning two ways a follower can lighten the load of their leader. 
Two ways that a follower can lighten the load of their leader. Number one, subtract from his load by carrying some of the weight for him. You can lighten the load of your leader by subtracting from him uh, by carrying a part of his load. Because there are a lot of things that only that the leader can do. There are a few things I should say. There are a few things that only the leader can do and nobody else can do it but the leader. But there are a host of things. There are many other things that anybody could do. And if these things are done for the leader, it frees him up to spend more of his time on the things that only he can do. And if he has time to concentrate on the very few things that only he can do, and he can put his whole time and energy and everything behind doing those few things that he does like no one else and no one else can do, he'll be much more effective and can do a much greater job if he can spend most of his time on those few things. Two ways to lighten the leader's load. Subtract from his load by carrying some of the weight for him. And number two this morning, don't add to his load. Don't add to his load by putting non-essential weight Upon him. I've had staff members that helped subtract the weight of my load. And I've had staff members that added to my load because I was constantly having to clean up their mess. I was constantly having to put out their fires. And I've had several staff members in the last several years, so don't try and figure out who I'm talking about. I have had members who subtracted from my load by taking things off of me by saying, Pastor, what is it that I can do for you? Oh, that will help take part of the load off where you don't have to do that. I can do that for you. And I've had members who added weight. I've had members who added weight to my load by their complaining, by their criticizing, by their causing contention. Good followers lighten the load of their leader. Let's look at the sixth and final characteristic of a good follower this morning. And number six is good followers last. Good followers last. Eleven out of the twelve chosen disciples Lasted. That's an incredible percentage. There's so much coming and going in the church these days, it literally makes you dizzy. Pastor Rick Warren, the author of the books The Purpose Driven Life and The Purpose Driven Church, says that pastors today are pastoring a parade. Pastoring a parade. People come and people go. People come in the front door and people go out the back door. And it seems like there's a parade as people are marching through. And some stay for six weeks and some stay for six years. But it is a constant in and out and in and out. We are pastoring a parade. People get offended today for the silliest of reasons. They didn't, they get offended if the greeter doesn't greet them just right. They get offended if their child isn't picked for the lead part in the program. There's only one lead. There's 35, 50, 75, whatever kids. Come on. They get offended if the pastor says something they don't agree with. He said a host of good things. 
Oh, he said a host of good things, but that one little comment that he made, that one little thing that he made offended them. Come on, people. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to make a commitment to a leader, and it's time to make a commitment to a church. It's time to stop hopping around and it's time to get settled in one place under one leader and add something to their ministry and add something to the kingdom. Good followers last. They don't run out when trouble comes. They don't abandon ship when the ship hits a rock and water starts coming in the ship. No, they help repair the damage. Let me tell you that I do believe that there is a genuine time in people's lives sometimes when God is finished with them in one ministry and it's time to move on. There are certain circumstances and certain situations when God is in it and it's the will of God and it's the right thing to do to leave a church and go somewhere else. But I want to tell you that if we look back on our history, amen, and we've been here and we've been here and we've been here and we've been here and we've been here, amen, God hadn't led everybody that direction. We've been hopping around, amen, it's time that we get linked up with one leader and put our allegiance with one leader and with one ministry. Amen. It's time. Amen. We put down some roots. It's time. Amen. That we stop just looking around and making to see if everything's going our way and we become a spectator. But no, it's time to be a participator. Amen. It's time to get involved. It's time to get to to work. Amen. It's time to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Amen. We could have the worship team back in place this morning. We're talking about characteristics of a good follower. In some instances, we are leaders, and leadership is important. And there's every book in the world. I've, I've, I've got shelves full of books, shelves full of books on leadership. And it's important. Leadership is important. But In other instances, we are also followers. And there's a lot of people that are great leaders, but when it comes to following, they're not very good. I don't want to be just a good leader where I lead where I'm in charge and I do a good job. And I want that. I want that. I strive for that. But in the other areas where I'm a follower, I want to do a good job as well. I want to be a good follower just like I want to be a good leader. Amen. Just as leaders need to hone their leadership skills, so every follower should learn how to become a better follower. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said here, I'm your leader, follow me. Follow me. But Paul also recognized that he was not only a leader, but he was also a follower. Follow me, Paul said. As I follow Christ. I'm your leader, Paul said, but I'm a follower unto Christ. So I'm going to follow Christ, but I'm going to lead you. You follow me. And there are others that you will lead, but there are those that you will follow. Don't only be a good leader, but be a good follower as well. Characteristics of a good follower this morning. Good followers love their leader. They're loyal to their leader. They listen to their leader. They learn from their leader. They lighten their leader's load. 
and a good follower will last. They will last. Do you want to be a good follower this morning? Do you want to be a good follower? First of all, a good follower of Christ. First and foremost, that's what we are, followers of Christ. But Christ, as the great shepherd, installed the good shepherd. And so if we follow Christ, and Christ has endorsed the good shepherd, the pastor, then we should follow the pastor. The pastor places people in place like the worship pastor, children's pastor, youth pastor. And they should follow their leader. But as leaders, there are those that are under them, and they should be following them. Jesus said in our text, in our text, follow me. And he left everything and followed Christ. Are we, do we have a desire this morning to be a good follower? Father, thank you for the word of the Lord today. Thank you, Lord, for incredible, incredible following. We are so blessed at New Bethel. We have some of the most incredible people, some of the greatest people I've ever known in my entire life, in my entire ministry of 37 years, are found right here at New Bethel. Help us, O oh God, to be holy, devoted followers of you. But in following you, we will also follow those that are placed over us. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand today? We're going to sing a chorus this morning. I'm a little bit late this morning, a little bit over.